Listener supported. WNYC Studios. So many white guys. So many. So many white guys. So what? How much whiteness? All over the place. God damn. Okay, cool. Welcome to So Many White Guys with Three O's. I'm your host, Phoebe Lynn Robinson. Oh, hell yeah. You just learned my middle name. Congratulations. So you guys probably know me from Two Dope Queens, but on this show, I get my James Lipton on. I'm asking the tough questions. I'm wearing bifocals. I'm doing what I do. In this show, I'll be interviewing people in pop culture who aren't straight white dudes. Because I'm over straight white dudes, but I will be under them. Boom, killed it. Intro done. What next, Joanna? Um, That was very concise. You just want to... Um... By the way, guys, this is my white producer, Joanna. She's the white Robin Quivers and my black Howard Stern. Say what up to the people, JoJo. Hi. Is that too much? Joni, that was barely above a whisper. (laughs) Hey, 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 turd burglars. Oh, yeah, I took it back to middle school. Uh, My guest today is exactly the kind of woman I'm super excited to talk to. I mean, she's a feminist, a rapper. She's collaborated with the purple one, Prince, toured with Slater Kinney. She once got a shout out from an Andre 3000 t-shirt. Believe me when I say the woman is a Minneapolis-based legend in the making. That was a lot of hyphens. Aren't you impressed? Her birth name is Melissa Jefferson, but she now goes by Lizzo. I love this woman so much. She is... Like, I just want to take a night. I want to just put a hammock between her boobs and just rest up with, like, O Magazine. Like, I feel like that would be my best life. And I think Oprah would be like, that's that's the only way to read my magazine from now on. Um, don't steal this idea, guys. I'm going to try to turn this into a business. Lizzo doesn't know about it yet, but I think she's going to be into it. But before we get into my business proposition with Lizzo... Let's slow everything down. See, the thing is, the first episode of So Many White Guys with three O's, we had a different episode prepped for you guys. But then the shootings happened and it just felt like everything is just crazy right now in the world and it just nothing makes sense. And I feel like we're all feeling a little bit helpless and confused and scared and we're searching for answers and in our interview we're both young black ladies so we talked a lot about being black about our hair journeys and we got into it and it was so much fun but the interview was a few weeks ago I mean Lizzo lives in Minneapolis and I know that we would have talked about everything that has happened had we done the interview more recently so we wanted to switch it up we decided to just call her up and check in with her You're going to hear our original interview in a little bit, boo-boos. But first, let's get Lizzo on the line. We got to have 
a sister-to-sister moment. Hello? Hello? Is this Lizzo? Yes, hi. (laughs) Hi. So, Lizzo, you've been speaking out on social media a lot, and you uh, tweeted this, which I thought was really powerful, and I, I feel the same way, too, about this. You tweeted, I've literally never felt more hopeless in my entire black life. If you ever say, don't make it about race, to me, delete my number. Um, that's not a new thing for people to say, and I let's talk about this for a minute, because I think that's a really valid point, because I feel like a lot of times, every time something horrible happens that's racially motivated we have all these discussions and then people go oh no yeah it's so sad i see your point and then by the end of the discussion it's like but don't make it about race i can't deal with this right now so i can you talk about like more about why you tweeted this out i did it because somebody said why it gotta be about race to me and uh, it really yeah. <laughs> frustrated me. It's the most yeah. dismissive thing to say to somebody. Um, it's just as bad as like, oh, she must be on her period. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like you're just like discarding any type of gravity or reality or perspective that I might have. Um, and it's because that person doesn't know what it's like to be black. Um, And when you say you don't know what it's like to be black, a lot of people sometimes roll their eyes because they still don't get it. It is always good. I was born a black woman, Mm -hmm. and this system and this country will never let me forget that. You know, there's there every day there's some type of media that I'm exposed to that reminds me that I am a black woman. That doesn't happen to white people. And I totally get that and respect it. But don't throw away my perspective like it doesn't exist. I understand that you're not going to see it the way that I see it. But the least you can do is respect my perspective. And I've been respecting their perspective forever. I don't know. I just, I, I think, especially with you, I've been thinking because you live in Minneapolis. So yes, Minneapolis is kind of like the hub or the epicenter of a lot of uh, racial discourse, I think. I think Minneapolis has been so racially segregated, mm-hmm. but so blissfully racially segregated where they're like, okay, well, black people are on the north side and black people are in St. Paul and all of the, you know, cool black people are in Uptown and they don't cause any problems. You know what I mean? Like it's just been so blissfully ignorant and segregated for so long. And I think that that city is over it. And it's, it's really hard. You're literally in a city where support is needed and Mm -hmm. all you want to do is give that support. And it's hard to know, especially as someone in my field, which being an artist is such a selfish (laughs) job, you know, um, it's hard to know the right thing to do. It's hard to know which sacrifices to make. Um, it's harder to know if like the greater good is being a woman of a black woman succeeding and getting to a point where she can speak her mind or just giving it all up and, 
protesting. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's hard to know the balance because there is a balance to it. You can do both. So you're on the road and you're busy and you're dealing with so mm-hmm. much. Like, how are you taking care of Lizzo right now? Um, when it comes to self-care, I, I've been trying to find my happy place. Mm-hmm. And my happy place is when I'm alone. And I think that when I'm alone, I start thinking about what's going on and then I get sad. And then so it's like <laughs> hard to, it's like this, uh, it's hard to break that cycle of where does my self care, uh, bleed into like my introspection. I start staring out of the window and thinking about having a child, which no, <laughs> you know, like having a black baby. And it's just, um, even dude, like being on Snapchat and using like dog face filter, thought filter, like I'm doing that and I'm just like, am I really on Snapchat? Right. <laughs> like you don't have anything to be, you're happy right now. You know, um, all those little moments of joy kind of get taken away from me because I feel guilty mm-hmm. for for enjoying anything right now. I've been listening to Marvin Gaye's like what's going on, like on the repeat that whole album. And I'm just like, it was like such a game changer and it moved people and made people think and feel and talk. And I feel like your music does that too. And I think you've found that great balance of, you know, having like the fun songs and also having songs where you're like, yo, I'm going to touch on some issues and you guys need to pay attention. Mm -hmm. And and it never feels like, oh man, like you're making us eat our vegetables. It always feels like it's genuine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it just feels (laughs) like it's genuine. It feels like, it feels like healthy pasta. You know what I mean? Where you're like, yeah, this is fun, but I'm also like saving my life a little. So that's like great. Oh, that's so real. Yeah. That like whole wheat pasta <laughs> exactly. with like the red sauce. Yeah. <laughs> that dry ass oh. pasta my dad eats. I'm like, okay, um, being a I vegan know. is like terrible. If that's like your idea of pasta, but cool. Oh my um, god, I know. I, I know. <laughs> I love you, Dad. Um, I like my hands in the air. Fingers kiss the sky Smile on my lips And I don't know why I think I'm in that was Lizzo. It was great to chat with her. You know, I've been talking to my parents about it, but it's also good to talk to people in your age group. Hashtag no judgment. I'm just saying mom and dad are different than Lizzo and I. You guys already had so much chemistry happening in the booth, as we say in the radio business. Should we go ahead and throw to your to your interview that you had with her a few weeks ago? Buckle up your pants. Okay, buckle up your shoes. If you got some some uh, rain boots on, I don't know. Seattle always rains, so buckle them bad boys up. I got to put this interview on for you because it's going to blow everything off that you just buckled up. You can't fight it. It's like the twister in the movie Twister. You can't fight it, okay? You're Helen Hunt. You're going to lose. This is going to be great, but first, a word from our sponsors. Ooh, I've always wanted to say that. Thank you. Welcome back. 
Now I am live on the scene with Lizzo. <laughs> Psych! No, I'm not. Podcasts aren't live. You chose when to press play. How can this be live? I mean, seriously, if you thought that, get back on the, the truck to Mayberry because you're gullible. I ought to call you, uh, gull- was it Gullible's Travels? <laughs> <laughs> that was so dumb. All right. Do you want your phone? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Okay. No, that's rude. I don't like using my phone on dates. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. We're on a first date right now. This is now. a firsty. Uh-huh. Um, I'm so glad I wear a shirt you liked. Uh-huh. I'm wearing a shirt that says brown as fuck. Oh, are we recording? Yeah, they're oh, recording all this. Poppin'. Yeah, this is... <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get, yes. Let's do it. So, yeah. I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? First up, I want to play your brand new spanking song, Good As Hell, because I'm so obsessed with it. So let's hear it. Yes, Lord, trying to get some new shit in there, swimwear, going to the pool sheet. Come now, come dry your eyes. You know you a star, you can touch the sky. Must be killer in charades, you guys. She was she was acting all the words out. That mm. was amazing, Lizzo. I'm very theatrical, okay? I'm very comes with the package. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations on that being like a hit song from the barbershop soundtrack. That's amazing. Thank you. Yay. Clap, 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 clap. <laughs> so since you did barbershop movie, and this is a podcast, mm-hmm. people can't see you. I want to start with your hair, which is Amazing. So can you <laughs> So can you tell everyone what you have going on right now? What was your previous hairstyle and what you're planning on doing next? My hair changes a lot. Like it's with my mood, man. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll be in a terrible mood and it's because I haven't changed my hair. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> I think that it's um the bigger the better is with me. Like I my hair is huge right now. Like I'm doing like a, you know, curly kinky straight. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I went natural um maybe two years ago. <gasps> maybe three now. My hair is really fine. Mm-hmm. Like um I don't know, like uh fine wine or mm-hmm. fine china. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> fine like Shamar Moore. That's a throwback. Ooh, that was a throwback. Um, it's Shamar Moore fine. Yeah. Yeah. And so um since then I've just really been into natural styles. Like I love wearing my hair in bantu knots. Um I had the Jada Pinkett uh bob with the braids from Set It Off. Yeah. You know I had to do it. I kept that for a week though because I am terrible. <laughs> And maintaining a hairstyle. But right now, this is my summertime fine. Um, long, my, it's like I pressed my natural hair. <laughs> I mean, um, we'll see what happens. I think that right now, knowing what my mission is, is to uh, put women of color and natural girls and all kinds of black girls and big girls on like a platform. I'm going to maintain the natural styles. I'm going to keep it brown as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. Oh my god, I love that. So, um I have a this is a, a slight plug but it, it makes sense. So, I have a book coming out called You Can't Touch My Hair. The plug. Yeah. <laughs> And I <laughs> And I always I'm in there I talk about like weird encounters I've had with like people like 
bothering my hair. So what's been like the weirdest thing you've had with your hair and other people? Oh, God. People try to touch my hair all the time. And I'll be like, bruh, like, I'm not like a poodle. You mm. know, I'm not. Your homie, I'm not your friend. You don't know me like that. Get your fingers out my hair. I don't know where your fingers been. You could be eating Cheetos, sucking on them. Spit. <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, a lot of times people will take my hair and put it on their face and try it out. Wait, what? Yeah, you know, white girls, they just, <laughs> they get real friendly. I had a situation once where, like, it's almost on me where I thought I was cute because at this point I was still getting relaxers, but I had the clip in mm-hmm. and I was like, well, the clip ins make me feel like, oh, my God, you know, this is my hair. I just have like extension. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel. So this dude, he like put his hands in my hair. Um, I won't say why, but <laughs> it was adoring us. It was a very, yeah, it was a very intimate moment. Mm-hmm. And as that happened, I was like, oh, this, these are clip-ins. They're clip-ins. I had to, like, explain myself real quick. And he was like, no, no, it's to- it's totally fine. I get it. It's not weird. And I was like, Aww. oh, hi. Yeah, when they get it, that's, <laughs> yeah. like, the best. Because when I, when I was in— He was Hispanic, but— Okay, so he gets it. He understands. Yeah. When, I, uh, when I was in L.A., like, I think last year, I was staying at a friend's house. And <clears throat> I had, like, twists. And— uh, my friends, they're both white, and they're, they're a married couple, and they were on the phone, and one of my twists fell out of my head, and their dog grabbed it and, like, started eating it, and they were so chill. They That's were, what's up. Yeah, it's like they've been through this before. They're like, yeah, yeah okay, we'll just take it out the dog, throw it in the trash, don't even yeah. need to talk about it. Oh, my God. That's my biggest fear, though. A twist falling out? Mm-hmm. Ooh, Jesus. Ooh. It's embarrassing. But when you have woke white friends, they're like, yeah, sure, yeah. whatever. Ah, oh, shout out to all the WWFs. <laughs> <laughs> so I stalk you on social meds. Just going to be up. full disclosure. <laughs> and I saw on Twitter there was some like weird craziness that happened with a TSA agent that you tweeted oh. about on May 22nd. I'm going to read it. God. You tweeted, the casual discrimination from the TSA agent at Fly Pensacola was not unnoticed. Guest pre-check privileges are reserved for the privilege here. What the hell happened? Yo, I didn't even go into it because people Please, were like talking about it. it. And I was like, I'm just going to put this. Well, first of all, we were in Alabama, right? Mm-hmm. And we had to fly through Pensacola to get to Alabama Gulf Shores. Already you're driving around, you're seeing Confederate flags. You know you're in the South. It feels really yeah. weird. Our driver was like, actually, it's not a Confederate flag. It looks a lot like it, but it's really just like... Um, the pride of the South, like kind of got like snippy with us when we were like, oh, Confederate flag and got the shakes. He was like, no, it's not a Confederate, like trying to mansplain to us. Whoa. And I was like, look, bro, if I see Mickey Mouse ears and y'all just make a magenta, I'm still going to think of Disney World. I don't want to <laughs> see nothing that reminds me of the oppression yeah. and abuse and slavery that my people just recently went through. So you can keep yours. OK, all of your opinions and thoughts, lock them away and throw them in the ocean. <laughs> So I was already on edge, frustrated. We played the festival, which was amazing. It was like a safe space for us. Um, we go back to Pensacola in the morning. <sighs> I'm walking through. I'm behind a dude who's in a rock band. I won't say the band, but he is in the same position as I am. He's pre-check. You know, he's probably Delta Gold. Um, we're going through the line, and he keeps his shoes on. And he like, you know, he does like his pre-check thing. We both cut through the pre-check line like there's signs. And um, so he goes through easily. And then I walk up and I'm wearing like very light sandals. Mm-hmm. And the agent like looks and he says, ma'am, shoes. And I was like, 
okay, well, I'm pre-checked. Right. Literally just saw a dude walk through with shoes on. And he was like, there is no pre-checked here. You know? And, like, I could just see there is no pre-check here for your kind. Right. Like, I just saw it in his face. So I was like, really, dude? So I backed up and I took the shoes off. And then I slide them through. And then I go to walk through the metal detector. And he's like, ma'am, scanner. And <gasps> I was like, dog, really? And then he just looked at me like, Really? not for you you don't get any of this and so i moved around and went to the scanner i just felt so disgusted it's the slight it's so slight i feel like as women and women of color we deal with some we deal with slight shit all the time Mm -hmm. like yeah and i don't think people understand like the daily microaggressions like whenever i talk about like race on facebook which is probably like not the best place to do it but it's my facebook page People always think it's just like one isolated incident and that that's the only time that's ever happened in your life. And it's like, no, like 10 things happen to us every day. Right. So then by Saturday, you're like, fuck everybody mm-hmm. and their mom. Like yeah. you're you're lit because all this other stupid stuff happens. Like I get followed in grocery stores in my mm-hmm. neighborhood all mm-hmm. the time. Like all just dumb stuff. And people don't take that into account. And they just think we're overreacting. Not right realizing we're oppressed in minor ways every single day right even when you know people don't even realize they're being like oppressive or realize they're being condescending by talking at me with a black scent and saying my hair is fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) i once had a girl a white girl tell me she's like i wish i was black so i could tell people to kiss my black ass and i'm like you realize that's point oh 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 six nine seven percent of my fucking existence Oh, my God, I almost left. I almost almost walked out the building. All of the cool shit that we say was out of necessity. And now everybody wants to say it. Like, y'all used to make fun of us for Ebonics and slang. Now all your fucking kids talking like us. Now what? You know what I'm saying? Getting hot in here. (laughs) Sorry. Dropping some truth. That wasn't me. Yeah, that was Prince. (laughs) He's the Look, king. He's like, yes, honey. He's the king of shade. Look. Yeah, we have a Prince uh, a tribute magazine in here to bless this interview because you, you you're based in Minneapolis, mm-hmm. which I just gotta say, I I don't normally think of like rap in Minneapolis. Me neither. So, <laughs> so how did you get to Minneapolis? Um, so I'm from, I grew up in Houston, you know what I'm saying? That's where the rap comes from. And, um, Minneapolis was such, I call it whimsy. Mm -hmm. It was such a whim. This producer said, Hey, come to Minneapolis with me. You can be in my band or let's start a band together. And, um, you can stay with me and my parents till you get on your feet. And I was like, that sounds easy. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds peasy. When opportunities like that happen, you know, you have to put your pride aside i was like i would never move to minneapolis and i just did it the scene is so rich but it's very very like uh local Mm -hmm. like the local scene is so rich there you go there and you can sell out first avenue an entire week and it and people will just love you and fan out and stand out every single night and um it's the gift and the curse because I went there and I was like, yes, I can, you know, sell out the main room. But then I go to L.A. and I'm like, I can't pack a 150 yeah. <laughs> person club. Yeah. But, it, it, but I think it's a beautiful thing because that city uplifts you. I want to go back because you said you grew up in Houston. Yeah. And you grew up in a religious household. Yeah. And then now you're doing rap. And a lot of times people think that you can't rap and also yeah. believe in God. 
cream, get the money and run into the hills, y'all. Stick into my pocket, tired of the deals, dog. Stack my own label. So, like, right. how do you, like, how, like, how did you make that transition? And like, do you ever think you would have like put more religion into your music? Because I mean, Chance the Rapper is doing that, yeah, and that's like working well for him. Well, the funny thing is, is well, first of all, I kept it a double I kept it a secret I mm-hmm. kept it away from like my Detroit family because they're the Pentecostal Kojic Church of God in Christ like they are the ones who were like you can't listen to secular music there's mm-hmm. certain movies you can't go and see um and I remember moving down to Houston liberated us a little bit from religion and but I felt so blessed because I had spirituality on lock like um but more importantly the music in church is what really made me love going every Sunday. I was like, the way that this choir makes you feel, the way that like somebody could just up, like when the pastor's doing a sermon, just start screaming and going to song and then my cousin would hop on the organ and then somebody would start running around. Like that is still music. So I felt Mm. like I could bring that energy on stage. Um, All of my shows are like church to me. I do reference a lot in my music in december my grandmother passed away and i went to her funeral in detroit and my cousin Atlantis got on and was like you know he was like i know this is a funeral but we gonna have church today i can't help it the lord is so good and he started telling this story and like the band started you know my cousin started playing the drums and the organ and He's singing in between the story about my grandmother and my great grandmother and all of her aunties, my great aunts. And so I was like, record because wow, wow this is amazing. Yeah. And then he looks at me, he's like, am I doing all right, Lizzo? Anyway, and he never calls me Lizzo. You know, they all call me Tip Jr. or Malila or whatever, you know, whatever country ass name. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just, I was like, this is really like the universe. So I recorded it and I wanted to use it on this record. I wanted, so I created like all these gospel interludes. And it's mm-hmm. just funny that Kanye, and chance are a little bit more gospel centric mm-hmm. and you know it feels it's not a trend it's a wave you know um and i very connect i very much connect with it and feel like a part of it and it is going to be on the record i just want y'all to know that i started this in december of last year yeah. <laughs> yeah. can you sing us a little something oh what you want me to sing uh, just something a little you know like gospel tinge that you think maybe might inspire your album upcoming album hmm Oh, yeah, I have a song that I actually did with Peter Cottontail from A Social Experiment. It's called Sister, Sister, but I got to remember it. Mm-hmm. It's unconditional. I love you, I love you, I love you. You love me, you love me, you love me too. It's unconditional. I love you, I love you, I love you. And you love me, you love me, you love me too, sister, sister. <laughs> oh my god that was so good i you. wish i could sing like you i'm so tone deaf it is a disaster it's a car crash and a sound oh but you and brown girl brown girl we started a yeah. band already you came back out we gonna okay. give you an instrument you just gonna stand there and hold it <laughs>
<laughs> that was amazing. Thank you. And that's like one of the things I want to talk about your album, Big Girl, Small World, Woo-woo. Three R's and the Girl. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I like that your album um, mixes singing and rapping. And to me, that reminds me a lot of like Missy and Lauren Hill, like mm-hmm. when they did that on their stuff. Did that inspire you with your own music? Or yeah. I just, I love it. I think it's Thank so smart. You. I mean, I was. I'm a rapper first. Mm-hmm. I was writing songs when I was like in the fifth grade for oh, like girl awesome. groups, but I'm a rapper. And um, I think I started singing when I was 19 because I joined a rock band and I wanted to lie to them and be like, um, yeah, they were like, we're looking for a singer. And I was only a rapper. And I was like, yeah, uh-huh, I'm a singer. And then when I got in the audition, um, they were like, okay, we'll sing for us. And I was like, <clears throat> well, uh, uh, actually, guys. And then the way they were looking at me, they were like, sing. And they started playing this hard rock. And so I just started, like, going for it. Like, I was really influenced by the Mars Volta and, like, Tom York. So I was just, I was like, ah. And they were like, this is great. And so I was like, Was actually. that your first time singing in front of anyone else? Yeah. Wow. I did, my whole family could sing, and I was like, I can't sing. Like, my mama can sing. My daddy could sing. My sister can sing. My brother sings. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I was like, I'm a flute player. I'm a rapper. That's I'm going to stick to that. Let's pr- you, you blew past that. Mm-hmm. Let's rewind. <laughs> You're a flautist? I am. Flute is my first, like, instrument. Like, voice is second. Wow. And keys or whatever are second. Like, I've been playing a flute since um, I was 12. And I went to University of Houston for a music performance in flute on scholarship under Dr. Sidney Carlson. Her up. Oh, yeah. That's and, awesome. Um, yeah, I was in marching band my whole black life. Um, <laughs> a competitive flutist, uh, state ranked. Yeah. And piccolo. <laughs> Yo! Yeah. <laughs> you have to put this your next album that's sick i think you are very important for a lot of black girls brown girls all kinds of girls all shades gradient because i think you especially with your song my skin i think you are taking you're you're creating like some uh, like a female empowerment and like a self-love thing that we don't get a lot in the media we don't get enough of that beautiful thing that you ever seen is even bigger than what we think it means Reflections in another strings It's even bigger than I woke up in this I woke up in this In my skin I can't wash it away So you can't take it from me And I want, I'm wondering, was that always like a part of your music or as you like progress and like did all these different kind of styles and genres and you were just involved, like involved with different people in the industry that encouraged you to write the song My Skin? Um, oh yeah, dude, mm-hmm. My Skin was like, like came from a very specific experience. Like mm-hmm. the song came from an interview I did called Style Like You. It's the Style Like You project. And, um, I had to sit on a stool and take off like articles of clothing Mm -hmm. and like it was like a piece at a time and they would be like okay well tell us about this tell us about this and i remember um getting down to like my you know underwear and bra and feeling like whoa if anybody wants to see what i look like in my bra and panties now they can just hit up your girl youtube (laughs) (laughs) and watch it and 
there was something really liberating about that feeling as someone who I'm insecure about my arms out. I'm insecure about my belly fat, my role. Like all those insecurities had to kind of go away Mm -hmm. because for what? Like they're out now. And um, she asked me a question. She said, what's your favorite thing about yourself? or What's your favorite body part? I was like, my personality. Because mm-hmm. I leaned on that my entire life, you know. Um, and she was like, that's wonderful. But physically, what's your favorite thing? And I was like, oh, God. And I had recently fell off a cliff. It's a very ridiculous story. I was trying Whoa. to dive into a river and it just didn't happen. I fell <gasps> on the ground. It was so so terrifying Um, oh my god but i scraped up my i broke my toe and scraped up my legs and my arms Mm -hmm. and my shoulders and um my friend he saw me and he was like what did you do why you you fucked up your skin look at your skin and and he was referring to it as if it were like so precious and as if as if it were like diamonds or gold like and i remember when i sat down and she asked me that question and i was like um I guess my skin and then all of it started flooding in and I was like whoa and you know I don't really be crying and nothing like yeah. that I reserve it <laughs> you know we got to be strong yeah but I I started tearing up and I was like I never really realized this before you guys like this was happening on camera and I was like but my skin and I think after that it inspired me to write that song now all I wish is for a chance to get my kids aboard I got a family tree that's worth praising you got two amazing albums. You got Lizzo Bangers and uh, Big Girl Small World. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think you're going to be like one of the heavies, like the next queen of rap. I'm just calling it. I'm just saying it. And so how do you feel about that? Because I feel like rap has gone, especially for female rappers, has gone through like such a a change and a shift. You have people like MC Light and like Queen Latifah. Then they switch to something that's a little more poppy influenced with like Nicki and more about sex in a way. Then like now it's definitely like getting not, I don't want to say like weirder. Like it's just getting more interesting. Like you have like punk influences in your music and Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff. Like how do you feel like you fit within the landscape of hip hop? Yo, that's a great question because I didn't for a long time. Mm -hmm. I was an indie kid. Like my shows I toured with like Slater Kinney, I've toured with churches, I've toured with like rock bands. Never really toured with hip hop. The most, the closest I got to touring with hip hop was touring with SZA, mm-hmm. and that was a breath of fresh air. I was Aww. just like, there's dreadlocks in the audience. Yeah. Oh <laughs> and um, I felt comfortable, you yeah. know, things that I was, I've toured with My Morning Jacket. And oh, cool. before I sing my skin, I always say Black Lives Matter. And I remember being in upstate New York, opening up for my wedding jacket. And it was all these, like, white dudes in their, like, 40s. Yeah. Sitting in, like, lawn chairs. And I was like, I just want to say Black Lives Matter. Mm. And it was just like, cricket? cricket yeah. Cricket. And I'm like, what is this girl doing? Yeah. And when I do it at SZA, they were just like, ah, yes, bitch! You know, like, yeah. I never really felt like I fit into hip hop, but I always would look from the outside and be like, those kids are so cool. I wish that, do you think they'll be my friends? And um, now that I'm being slowly, you know, integrated into the urban audience in the hip hop world, um, 
I don't know how I'm going to be received and I don't know where I fit in. I might stick out like a sore thumb. <laughs> I might not fit in ever. You know, I might be as weird as a Missy Elliott or, you know, as um, understated and just artsy as a Lauren Hill or, you know, who knows? I might just, you know, get my fucking ass shake on like Nicki Minaj. Like you'd never know. Yeah. And, um, I think that's the thing that I always preach is I don't fit into anybody's lane. Yeah, and you're fucking killing it. So <laughs> you just are. It's it's true. You can't see me. Even if you have binoculars, you can't see me. Even if you had glasses, you can't read me. All these bitches in the cool look like Stevie. Bet you ain't cool, you need it. Bet you ain't cool. Uh do we have time to do a fun little game? Let's play a game. Okay, so it's like fuck Mary Kill, but it's called Bone. Like who you want to bone? Okay. Who you would want to collaborate with? Mm. And who you think you could ether in a rap battle? Oh my God! Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Okay. So first up, we have uh, the category of white rappers. White rappers. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Iggy Azalea, uh, Vanilla Ice, and Macklemore. Ooh. Mm. Bone Iggy Azalea. <laughs> um. Collab with Macklemore because that money will be ridiculous. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I could eat the vanilla ice any day. Okay. Ooh, Bring it on, icy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, we got we got Drake, Lil Kim, and Tupac. Whoa, are you mm. kidding me? I'm making it hard. I gotta Drake, make it hard. Drake, Tupac, Lil Kim. Um, well, I couldn't eat the Tupac. Because he has, like, a verse somewhere that no one's heard. That yeah. There's, <laughs> like, a whole catalog of, like, yeah. uh, which one could... Um, okay, I'm going to obviously... Um, I'm going to bone Tupac. He has Great an amazing choice. body. And this is if Tupac were still with us, or is yes. it hologram? Not hologram, no. Okay. This is, like, in the flesh. Cool, cool, cool. Yes. Bone Tupac, oof. And then I would... Mm, ah, collab with Lil' Kim. Because yes. I think that would be... So hot. Yes. Um, and then I honestly feel like after the whole Meek Mill thing, it's gonna be a challenge. Mm-hmm. Cause like a year ago you asked me and I'd be like Ether Drake. Right. But when Drake just destroyed Meek Mill, like um my confidence is shook. Yeah. But <laughs> I would Ether Drake in a singing competition. Yes, you would. Your voice is on point. And just one more. We have one more. We have uh, Busta Rhymes, Ooh. Queen Latifah, Ooh. Lin-Manuel Miranda. Bone Lin-Manuel yes, Miranda. Bone yes. him. Can this happen? Somebody call his ass. God damn. I couldn't either Busta. So collab with Busta. Okay. And then I would either Queen Latifah. I'm sorry, Queen. She's been out the game for a minute. Dana, you know? I love you. Dana Owens. Last holiday you. is a classic. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it down the house. I saw that but in theaters. I yeah. you. Oh, you saw that in theaters? I did. Oh God, you so black. black. Support black films. <laughs> you so black. Baby, how you feeling? Thank you so much for coming in today. You guys, please pick up Big Girl Small World if you haven't already. If you haven't, you kind of fucking suck. It's an amazing album. Oh, that was aggressive. I got aggro at the end. Yo, you can also <laughs> stream it on everything mm-hmm. your mama's house spotify <laughs> apple the music the other one title you can stream me all over the place i want to help you get to me and if you don't like me bite me 
I love you, Lizzo. Have a girl oh, crush. Bye. I love you too. My so many ways. Ooh yeah, I nailed it. Yes, you sounded like a citizen of the world. Oh my god, thank you. I've been telling people that, and they're like, "But you've never been to any other place besides Puerto Rico," <laughs> and I'm like, "That's not the point." Anyway, Maybe we have to get to the credits and get out of the studio. But credits. The so many white guys team includes Daisy's. <sighs> Fuck. The So Many White Guys team includes Daisy Rosario, Rachel Neal, Joanna Solitaroff, Alex Overington, James Ramsey, Paula Schumann, Jen Poyant, Joe Plord, Casey Means, and Shanoa Estrada. Our theme music was sung by a bunch of white dudes. Alana Glazer is our executive producer. Bravo. Hey, boo-boos. Did you like that? Do you want more? Well, then like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dope Queen Thebes. Head there to find out about show updates and super sexy pics of just me. So mom and dad, don't check me out, JK. I'm like from the Midwest. Like I'm wearing basically a bag all the time. Plus, you can see video from today's episode. So go on over to SoManyWhiteGuys.com. Love you, mean it. Y-Q-Y-E. Hey, App. Uh, oh, no, I meant Phoebe. <laughs> hey, Phoebe, it's Alana. Um, I was just listening to the past uh, couple cuts of the show, and um, you're sounding a little phlegmy. Um, I don't know what you've been eating or what you've been putting <laughs> in there, but um, I just, I'm telling you, I was hearing yogurt. I was hearing Humboldt Fog. I was hearing... Uh, the cheese on pizza. I think I think that uh, eliminating that would really um, help. So yeah, I'll uh, talk to you later. Bye. End of messages.